Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No. No. See, somebody sent me a video action last Friday and it had you talking at the socialist youth. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. Welcome to Counterspin, Thursday 13th of May. We're actually taping this the day before, so some big news happening today. Sue Gray is in Wellington, was in Wellington. Um, the whole case basically is going to rest on definitions of patient and what is a limited number of patients. Basically, I think Jacinda would say 10 or 5 million or anyone excluding uh, 16 and down. Um, so I hope there's a win for us on that because we need it. Um, because it's not really a vaccine, is it? it's more like an experimental serum. So if you start looking like a frog, start growing two heads, it's going to be a bit of a problem. Uh, in this episode, back by popular demand, uh, Liz Lambert, she'll be, you remember her from episode three on a Fee Simple versus a load your title. Uh, that's, you're not going to want to miss that. Um, we have some added extras. I got a call from Paul Zenfeld about the Royal Commission. You know, the people who have already run out of money and there now seem to be a bit of skullduggery going on where they're um, minimizing the amount of time that they can give their stories. They're uh, dropping some from it, uh, elevating others. That seems less severity. So I think, like we called it before, it'll probably be another whitewash, an expensive whitewash, considering it's meant to be the biggest uh, inquiry in New Zealand. As always, we are going to be talking about New Freeland, how we come about it, the legalities for you and your land and how you can go about getting a load of your title, because these are the questions that I'll be putting to Liz, and she will be uh, answering those in detail, so even I can understand it. So we're calling this episode, episode 6, uh, Starve the Beast. You'll understand why we're doing that. You see, because we want to kill the system. We don't want to kill the country, we want to kill the system, because the system is divisive, it's racist, not the people, the system. Remember that. Um, it's what it's getting us into a hell of a lot more debt, which we can mathematically it's impossible to pay. So we've got to sort them out. In fact, we've got to eject them, and we've got to actually create a new system. But keep the country rolling, Liz. Um, what else? Oh, we've also served on the uh, minister for conservation, Kiritapu Allen, that we asked to come on the show and prove anything we say wrong. We're all about facts and evidence on the show. So you can team up with your lawyers, bring them on, it will eviscerate them in front of everyone, and then everyone will know we're right, you're wrong. Uh, Minister for Lands Information, Damian O'Connor, you're welcome too. Come and tell us we're wrong, or how we're wrong, because we're not. Also on the show, Liz is going to tell you how to avoid paying PAYE. Now, who doesn't want that? And completely legal, of course. Um, 
and we will also then go into the no jab, no job legalities and how it actually affects you. And we'll have um, a generic letter to your employer and a reply that uh, someone gave. We just removed the names so they cannot be identified, uh, but it'll give you a good a good uh, rundown on that. You're listening to Counterspin with your host, Calvin Alp. Starve the Beast is the subject of this uh, episode. I'm back with Liz Lambert, who joined us in episode three. Fee simple versus a load your title. As I said, there are a few questions coming from that, but what I want to do first is I'll get Liz to give you a recap when we talked about New Freeland, the former Abel Tasman National Park. Actually, as a side note, do you notice the Department of Conservation is hired out trying to hike all the fees that they want to charge you for using the land? Well, aren't they going to be disappointed when you all take it off them? So, Liz, if you could just bring us up to speed on... Um, how New Freeland come about, I mean, I was there, I know, but um, for other people, and give us the quick rundown and how we were able to claim it because, well, it was abandoned. Right. Okay. Well, we suggested, I think, to people that they have a look at what was on the New Freeland site, and maybe some people already understand this. But I thought the easiest way, because we're talking about title, is to do a quick rundown on the historical chain of title of that particular area of land. Now it's a much bigger area that I'm going to talk about but New Freeland uh, which was formerly Abel Tasman National Park sits within that, that area. Right. So the first um, document that I wanted to um, bring people's attention to is actually the sale and purchase agreement. The sale and purchase agreement is between um, the New Zealand Company and Te Raupraha and nine chiefs who were at that stage um, living on Kapiti Island. Now, this is 1839, this document, just the year before the treaty, of course. And in this document, you can see this usual sort of sale and purchase agreement that you would have for land um, in this era. Yeah. Because, of course, there was no mon monetary system in the country. There was a, a certain uh, way of trading land using what was called scrip, but mostly these um, sale and purchases, well, the purchase was made in trade goods. So you'll see um, that the undersigned were the chiefs of uh, Kapiti Island, and um, which is in the region of Cook Strait, yeah. And the other people were the New Zealand Company agents, uh, William Wakefield Esquire is in there. And they were signing this, uh, they were buying this land, which stretched um, generally from the whole of the upper quarter of the South Island right up to Partia in the north. Right. So... Um, now this is after they took it by conquest, yes? Yeah, well, yes, Exactly. They had to. They were able to sell this land because, when you take land by conquest, you can you you are free to sell it if right. you want to. If you don't want to occupy, it which is what they did, yeah. Which is what they did. So, they sold all of this land, and people will sometimes say bemoan the fact that not enough money was paid for land. However, if you analyse the trade goods that were in full and final payment, they contain things like. Um, 50 iron pots, a thousand fish hooks. That is priceless to uh, a society that has no metal, yeah. that um, has no metal fish hooks. They can catch a lot more food um, with a fish hook, with a metal fish hook than, than otherwise. Yep. There are things like um, 
one uh, five hundred flints. So start fires. Starting fires. Um, five dozen pairs of scissors. Um, Cut the hair. A dozen. Mm, yeah, maybe. Flex ropes. Or cutting up material. Good idea. Yeah, that because of course at this stage you're getting bolts of material. There's material in here. Six quires of cartridge paper. So and uh, I think there are. Um, uh, many, many pencils or slates also included. So people wanted to read and write, wanted to learn to read and write, but they couldn't do that without these modern equipments, which did not exist within Maori society. So the land was well paid for and it was well recognised and Maori were very happy with it. Thank you very much. Let's move on to the next stage of the chain of title. Yep. So we've got a, we've got um, land so we've got which is land a, by conquest. Yes, sale uh, full and full or final settlement to yes. the New Zealand Company. Yes, that's where we're up to. So the New Zealand Company then gets into trouble with uh, the British government, which then came in, 19, in 1840 and said, "We don't want Maori selling land to whomever comes along and offers some money for it. We want to take that." right for ourselves, and that's what's in the second article of the Treaty of Waitangi, that preemption clause. So by the Crown taking the land, they assumed ownership of the land in the name of Queen Queen Victoria. Then Then Maori had, because they were of small numbers relative to the size of the land, there were there was a commissioner who came in called Commissioner Spain, who then worked out how much land that had been sold to the New Zealand company that was going to be taken over by the British government, how much land um, Maori required for their sustenance, and those were put into what were called Maori reserves. Now, that land remained allodial and still remains allodial. It's called unextinguished native title. Correct. Okay? Of course, there's been cases that have, in the courts... That oh, have, that have already many, well established that Many, fact. many cases, not yep. just the four that we talked about in New Freeland, That's many, right. many cases in the New Zealand um, court system. So, so what the government did in 1842, they brought in what were called the Wastelands, Wastelands Act because there was thousands and thousands of acres that Maori were not able to live on because they just didn't have enough people. Yeah. Right? So... In the wastelands, people were able to then come as settlers and um, through immigration and buy that land off the government, right? Of course, there's an argument whether they had the right to sell it or not either, isn't there? Well, not really, because the government then paid the New Zealand company. It's just like, there's the next, yeah. there's the next one, okay? So there's, the there's a buyer and the a chain. seller, yeah. So yeah. you've got the New Zealand company... Who, was to- who were told by the New Zealand government, You're not going- we're not going to let you sell on sell this land. You've got to hand it over to us and we will sell it to the, to the settlers who come, right? Right. So then you've got the New Zealand government with all this land. Now, not all of the land was suitable for settlement and so some of it continued to be pretty much unoccupied. In the, in the case of... Um, what was able Tasman National Park? It's not all that great for farming. Farming had been tried there a number of times, and uh, there is a little farming still going on there. Uh, but generally, 
1924, I think it was, uh, it was deemed to be good for a bird reserve, and that's what it was taken for. That was, it was then, um, it was then called a national park. It's the smallest national park in New Zealand, um, and it became a place where no habitation is existing. But what happens in that in that case is because it then becomes uninhabited, it becomes abandoned. That's right. Because land is supposed to be inhabited. If Through you're human going, agency. Yeah. If you're going to con- yep. if you're going to try and exert control over it then it must only be for the purpose of your habitation or for your sustenance. That's it's right. not it's not just to, to to look pretty. Basically. And the government, being a creature of statute, cannot in any way, shape or form inhabit. No. Uh, okay. cultivate on yeah. or any other way um, to do with the land. Yeah. Humans and lands have Go a symbiotic together. relationship. Exactly. So and for got, any government sorry. to try to inject themselves in between that well, that's yeah. That's just not on, and it's not going to happen. So now I'd like to pass on to what's called a certificate of title, which everybody's um, familiar with that term. But this is actually a certificate of title. So, so that's where you're going to explain all these words up here? Yes, it is. Because there's some yeah. big words. There are. In my head. There are. But um, we won't go, you know, we won't go too far into it because some of them... Words are hard to read in, in um, joined-up writing. We, we're unused to looking at joined-up writing these days. That's right. At school, we call it double writing, even. <laughs> okay. So this certificate of title, which was issued uh, by the Native Land Court Act, uh, Native Land Court um, of New Zealand in 1881, was for 3,000 acres in Partia, in the Partia district. Yeah. Okay. Now... Um, you will see um, in the second paragraph, so it gives a, a, a description, and it says, um, to whom these presents shall come, it is hereby certified that that person whose name is written, is with, within written, or written within, yep. is the owner according to native custom of all that piece or parcel of land yep. at Partia, etc. Okay, and then it gives the measurements of, of the land, and there's a map also on the next page. Okay, so according to native custom just means the person who's occupying. That's right. Right? Maori had their customs, the way, and I think I described it, um, and it's described in the schedules of the Ngāti Ruanui um, Settlement, Settlement Claims, Claims Act, Act 2003, yeah, yeah. that the way they... they um, they occupied within native custom a new piece of land was to say some prayers, check out that was a place that was good to um, get sustenance from. Yeah, and it had it had enough um, rivers, it had streams, it had seashore perhaps. Um, the, you could grow crops there. Yeah. Okay, so that's native custom. What we did, of course, in in um, in New Freeland was we established. Our native custom, Correct. which was to stick up a flag, um, to dig a little uh, ground, turn the first sod. That's well, well um, established custom. And documented now. And, yeah, in in taking over any new piece of land and planted to show future intended use. And planted it. Now, this is very interesting. This this certificate of title, because if you look at the 
very bottom um, part of it there, you will see um, that there's a plan drawn here on and annexed. Um, and the part that is crossed out is the most important part because it says, and it is further certified, that whenever a Crown grant is made for the said land, the legal estate, the legal estate therein shall be made to vest in the grantee on blah, blah. Okay, yeah. so a lodial title, in a sense, is not a legal title. That's it's right. a lawful title. The legal is the fraud. Yes, and so a Crown grant put on top of an allodial piece of land is a fraud. That's right. Because... Someone trying to make some bucks list. Yes, because we know that the Crown is a legal fiction. Yes. So for the Crown to come in and so-called grant this land to somebody else would be wrong. However, in an allodial title, which this is, it's issued to um, uh, a Maori owner. Yep. Um... Those that is crossed out. The crown grant part is crossed out. So, so that's absolute recognition that that yeah. So person at that time yeah. was absolutely recognised as yeah. that being his for his future. Yes, that's right. And that of his and, and the reason that they would get a title like this was to sell it, to sell the land, because you know you're not going to get you're not going to get a buyer. If you just say, oh, well, this is, this is my, you know, this has been my tūpuna's land forever and, you know, and I can guarantee you that when, you know, we're not going to come back and say, oh, yeah, well, you have to move on again because you'll have a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, fair enough. Māoris, well, they call themselves Māoris now, but they weren't even the Māoris when they came here. It's just a fact. So they settled in different areas, mm. as we know, and they were small in number, and those were sovereign nations unto themselves. Hence, the, the land wars weren't really land wars. There were wars against other sovereign nations. Mm. So those who occupied or when they were denied access to the land by the crown or whoever were the agents were at the time, that's a crime. That's, that's when they deserve to be compensated by the crown, not the taxpayer. Um, and they had an absolute right to use that for future sustenance and for development and growth. Mm. No one has an issue with that. <clears throat> but to try to say... Māori were this angelic race, peace, love, and moonbeams, and they owned everything. Well, that's just cockamamie bullshit, isn't mm. it, really? Well, according to a lodial title and native, unextinguished native title, if you want to claim that, it is. Because the only part that they were claiming was the part they were living on. And not just living on, like, where they lay their head, but yeah. in the areas they oh, used yeah, that they to... used for sustenance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was some, yeah. some areas were and quite big. it was calculated yeah. um, to say, well, how much land would you need, according to so many people? Yeah. And those were put aside as reserves. Because even though Te Rapraha had sold, and, his, and those other chiefs had sold huge amounts of land, um, well... Really? <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's another thing, because... They're probably overpaid a, big, a bit. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's different groups in New Zealand. I mean, they're all fighting each other, especially Māori mm. them. It's become tribal again. Mm. Uh, you've got Hifakaputanga mm. um, being used in some, Hifakameninga, and you've got Kahuyaro and, mm. and all these other different things that are cropping up, all claiming to be the one. Mm. Uh, because it's, it can't happen. It's just, I mean... Mm. Sovereignty well, we, can't reside we're in the We're going to have another show, aren't we? Yeah, where we'll, we'll we talk have another about show. how that can all be resolved. Well, yeah, yeah, we're going to um, uh, have a future show because 
Guess who got hold of some archives? Guess who has facts and evidence on the history of the country? And guess who Tangata Whenua were, really were, before 1975? Oh, okay. Wasn't Māori. Cool. It's in the archives. Okay. How do we get those, I wonder? Anyway, we'll have a show about so, that, but people are going to love that one. I think we should fast forward then yep. to 1992. Because fast forward are, to 1992. People are thinking 1881, something must have changed. Back to the future. So what, what happened? There must have been a law or something. No. In 1992, when the first thing you do and when you go to law school is you do a, um, a paper called Introduction to the Legal System. Now, they had a textbook, obviously, at that stage, um, and there were recommendations um, made by the New Zealand Law Commission that year, 1992. And they were recommending a reform of the doctrine of tenure. And they were saying the doctrine of tenure is now a legal fiction. In particular, many New Zealanders have difficulty in comprehending that they are not the owner of the plot of land on which they have resided for years and for which they have, with effort, paid off the mortgage. Yep. The New Zealand Law Commission, and there's a, there's a citation there, Tenure and Estates in Land, 1992, recommends the virtual elimination of the remnants of doctrine of tenure. The holders of estates and land would hold the land as absolute owners. The owners of estates and fee simple would thus become the allodial owners of the land. That is, they would hold the land free yep. of any rights of an overlord. That last part of the sentence, free of any rights of an overlord. An overlord has the right to charge you rent. That's, That's right. what rates are. An overlord also has <coughs> the right to tell you, you can't make that improvement to your house. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You can't paint your house that colour. You can't dig up the garden and or dig a well. You can't, if, if you find any Sound gold on people? the land, okay, if you find any gold on the land, that belongs to me. Yeah. That's your landlord. I think that movie, um, The Castle, which was made in That Australia, was good, eh? That was very good. Where they wanted they him out for the airport. They re- yeah, they referred to Marbo there, which is actually 1994, not, not 2004, sorry. Needs to be a correction there. Okay, no worries. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's what they refer to there. An Englishman's home is his castle, is the maxim. That's right. Okay. Now, then they talk about an illusion created by the legal system, is that titles distributed to the population of New Zealand are ownership titles, which would give the population the correct status for voting and decision-making that is afforded to landowners. Now, voting and decision-making, we don't actually have a right to vote and decision-make. It seems that what is happening with the government is they believe their own rubbish. Yeah. Okay? That we actually don't because the Crown, the Crown of England, in fact, is our landlord. That's right. Right? So then they say, thus the changing of the status of the land from tangata Māori hapu allodial ownership by the Crown of England's judicature proclaiming the land belongs to the Crown of England, created the illusion that the Crown of England has the right to control and administer the usage of land. Exactly, illusion. Yes, it's illusion, but there's an illusion within an illusion (laughs) in here. (laughs) Come on, you can do it. I can do it. Uh, You get those Māori words pretty good, though. Oh, Because they are saying in in this paragraph that the Crown actually changed the status from tangata Māori hapu, elodial, 
They didn't. Because you can, that's proven. That's right. That's proven by that. Scott Duggery again. That's proven by that. Maori have always held it as an ODI. And you notice nowhere in any of no this but piece Maori of iwi. Is, but Maori are still paying... The corporate trough is rip Still off. paying rates. That's right. So they don't even realise that their land... And I think that this... Because you sort, don't have to pay. Yeah. This sort of um, paragraph, which was actually I got from um, some Maori sovereignty people, who put this together, yep. found this. Some of them are actually onto it. Others are stark yeah, raving but for Kaluni. But, but because Oops. they were so fixated on a grievance, they didn't actually challenge the fact that it was never, it wasn't actually changed from a lodial. Right. Because they are thinking unextinguished native title, unextinguished native title, not realising the two things are the same. Exactly. Okay? So, it's, sorry, so, because, because you know, we, we have someone come at us. We're say, just trying to f- free Pākehā in this case. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you <laughs> or, guys are already or, free. Or, or, well, we're just freeing ourselves yeah, because yeah. we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we can all work together. Like I said, kill the system mm. and we can build it, build together. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I'm not going to hide the fact that, um, uh, you know, that Māori don't have to have to fight over this. That's right. Um, but what I what but I but they am, don't have dominance over everything. No, of course that is not. that is that of is where not. you're coming apart in your just, argument. Just the and same, provably so. Just the same as Bill Gates comes here or whoever comes here and buys a whole load of land, he doesn't come and live on it. We it's can abandoned land. You it. can go take it. Just yeah, saying. take it. Right, Liz. We will get to the questions yep. that were asked because a lot of people will right now be saying, right, let's get to the nitty gritty. Questions from the previous show. There's five main ones yep. that always came up. First, as a freehold landowner, fee simple, can we claim a lodial title of our land or of our property after paying rates for the last 20 years? Of course you can. How? You just stop your automatic payment, which I guess is, is what, um, is what they, they're paying it by. Send a notice. You know what your legal description is yep. because you've already got that somewhere. So you... You say I'm um, I'm claiming a load of your title over this land description. Uh, I, I'm, cl- I'm claiming a load of your title. This is the description of the land. Yep. I won't be sending any more rates, um, and also provide the council with pictures um, of your little uh, garden of crop. Of your garden, and say flag. you know make yourself a little flag like we described last last yep. time. And publish that probably on Facebook, wherever you want to publish it. Any public once forum. It, once, it's, once it's in the public domain, it's published. A lodial title, is it just for the council or the New Zealand government as well? Well, the council is the go-between. Yeah. The council clicks it for the government. Yep. But in terms <clears> of the application of telling you what to do on your land? They take the, in that case, they take the role of the, of the crown. They take the role of the... Yeah, I'll call it the government because people yeah. are uh, familiar with that. Even lawyers don't even get the concept of the crown properly. Yeah, no. The government. Yeah. Okay. Because let's face it, like you said, um, everyone has to pay for everything. Mm. You want to do something, it mm. takes you ten years to mm. get somewhere well, in thousands yeah. and thousands gov- of dollars. The government makes the rating act. Exactly, yeah. but but laws as well. If, if you've got no overlord, they can't tell you what to do on mm. your allodial title land. Next question. What would happen to the services yep. that are hooked up to the property, like water, sewerage, power, phone, 
if they've got well, st- still in the dinosaur days with I, the old I don't, one? I don't believe, actually, that the, the, the um, Crown is claiming ownership of any of those services. That's right. I think most of them are privatised now anyway, Yeah, aren't they? yeah. So it'll just be like anything. You, you've got someone work your land, you pay them for their work. Uh, services, you pay them for services. You just don't pay your land rates or anything like that. Um, and try, if you have the land, to become self-sufficient. And that way you are lock, stock and barrel. You're mm. the king of your castle and more, aren't you? Yeah. Right, next one. What do we put in the letter to the council? Right. How do we step it out? Mm, well, Because like you said, we I need the photos yeah, of the flag, yep. of the turning of the sod, yep. of the crop. Yep. That shows a lodial living. That or does. Your claim yeah. to a lodial title. If if you're living in a, you know, you you don't you've got concrete all around. Yeah, that'd be nasty. But anyway, you are actually by inhabiting, you are gaining sustenance from that land because the roof is over your head. That's right. Okay, you can't. So you don't have to have a tent. You can That's put right. a tent up if you want and show, but um, all. All land, for example, if you go onto a, a piece of land that's abandoned and it's got a house on it, yeah. that house becomes yours too once you've claimed a lodial because anything that's attached to the land is is um, becomes part of the land, becomes part of real estate. That's right. Mm. <clears throat> and that's so, everything, yeah, I think below we the ste- ground. I think we step them through, so it's like photographs, a description, a legal description. We claim a lodial title over... Said land yeah. as attachments indicate or whatever, the description, yeah. title or whatever. And uh, sod off. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Yeah. And we, we won't be... Um, we won't be paying won't rates be paying anymore. Any more rates. Yeah, because yeah. people have tried to stop the paying rates The Crown is before. not our landlord anymore. That's right. So they have no force and effect, even at law. So basically... Because people have tried this before, they've stopped paying rates. Now, some of their arguments oh, were yeah. pretty ridiculous, like, oh, you're not spending it the way I want, so I'm mm. not going to pay. Well, that's pretty mm. dumb. Mm. If they had just claimed load of your title, they would have had an absolute right not to pay rates. Yeah. So they've gone sort of the long road to a shortcut, haven't they? Yes, they have. And there are some, I mean, Maori generally are paying rates on their, on their um, allodial title land. Which they shouldn't. And they're getting, you know, they're kowtowing to the, um, to the council. But some people are not. Yeah, they're standing up, which is good. And they have not for generations. And I think um, if their ancestors kind of got it, yeah. then, then the people down the line get it. But, but some people, for some reason, have lost that somewhere. Yeah, I personally believe that the hapu needs to pull out of this iwi it's oh, corporatized yeah. iwi crap. Yeah, because that's a corporation. That's right. Get rid of the iwis. Hapus, take back your power to mm. assert over your land. And mm. if you've lost it because there's huge developments, the Crown must compensate. We're all about that. We're very, very happy with that because you were there. You were using it until you were dis- dispossessed. No one's got an argument with that at all. What you can't claim, however, is everywhere you were not. That's where we seem to be having the problem in this country. Mm. So, there you go. And then you were in Abel Tasman National Park, the former one, so it's New Freeland now. Just saying. And come down. Oh, you can come down. Come fishing with me. Or a few beers, campfire. It's going to be fun, Liz. Sounds like it. You know, Lots and we can actually have a beer on the beach. No one can say we can't. That's no one's exactly going to come and say, here's a fine yeah. for having a beer on the beach. No. Or a, a barbie. Yeah. Have a campfire. Exactly.
have a boat party. Yep. That's cool. Right. And now the biggie. Yep. This is the biggie. It's probably what a lot of you want to know. Oh, first of all, before I get to the biggie, it's like a teaser here. Mm. Now, a lot of people... Actually, we'll just get to the biggie. Um, the most asked question of all. Right. If we have a house and land package and claim a lodial title, can we stop paying the mortgage? Right. This, yes, is the, is the short answer. However, what I would advise, because we haven't instructed you how to stop paying the mortgage yet. Yeah. That is a little bit more complex and really needs a separate time to, to be done at a, but in a proper way. I think also to get your confidence up, get rid of those rates first. Yeah. Right? That's a good idea. So... Claim a lodial title exactly how we've explained it. Send your notices off. Stop paying your rates. That's the start. That's the start. And then you can stop paying your mortgage. Because remember, the mortgage isn't over your land. It's impossible to have the mortgage over your land. It's over a paper title that they created. That's where all the transactions are taking place, up there. Not where you're living. You have human agency. You have an, an inextricable link with that land. You and the lander have a symbiotic relationship. You and the creature of statute that was created out of our heads, government, juristic persons. Legal fictions. Legal fictions, whatever quaint term they want to bandy around. It's all fake. It's a fraud. See, it's almost like people want to be slaves. They want to be told what to do. They want rules and regulations so they've got someone else to blame and moan about to stop them getting until off their rear end to do something yeah, about it. Until we've, we've, we've actually starved off it, which is going to happen. So we would encourage farmers to get in touch if they want any Yeah, I've, like like Because um, we can help them with the mortgages. Well, the Agriculture, Action, Research, uh, Agriculture Action Group are doing a really good okay. um, job of uh, letting farmers know what's happening with, like uh, Heather said, up to 90% of someone's farm designated a yeah. significant environmental area, whatever yeah. it is, that farmer can claim a load of your title and that's all over. That He, he gets his land back. Yeah. Are we getting it yet? I've got to keep asking them if they're getting mm. it yet. They can't actually talk back. Mm. But no doubt they'll tell me in the, um, in the comments section, they'll complain about something, Liz. Mm. Like the globe we usually have behind us. Apparently oh. that's a Freemason sign. <laughs> yeah. It's going to wear my pin to like trigger them, but... I thought I wouldn't. Small doses. Yeah. Yeah. See, my last name's Alp, and I'm here to help you. You like that? So I wrote it down here. As I said, when you can, have, inject this for a bit of humor. Have you got any more questions? We can questions. that out if you want. Have you got any more questions? Any more questions? <laughs> okay, if someone claims a load of your title over a big... This is just a question out of my head and something I think yeah. I read, but I was trying to get the gist of it, but I think I got the gist of it. If someone's got a huge piece of land... Yeah. ...and they want to sell half of it... Yeah. After they claim a lodial title. Okay. How can they do that? They can use that legal title. Yep. And that because it's the actual, really what's going on when, you, when you're selling a piece of, when you're selling your land, you're selling the title. That's right. And you're giving up the occupation freely. Yeah. That's why it's called Settlement Day. Yeah. Because. That's when you've got to be out on your air. Like because off. you've paid, someone's paid over some money, yeah. and and um, you want to um, 
So it could be a private transaction. Yeah. You, you claim a load, you'll say, yeah, okay, yeah. we'll yeah. agree you've got that well, area. Fallon we'll purchase it agreements for, house, for houses or, yeah. or property, land, whatever. Yeah. It's called a private treaty. So a treaty is to sort of settle a, a dispute, okay? Yeah. So if people walk onto your land and you haven't allowed, you have, you've seen, haven't invited them. You haven't invited them, or they haven't paid over the money that you wanted to give up possession. Then you haven't settled. Yeah. The settlement day is very, very important in a land transaction. Yeah. And it's really the handy. So you're buying the land for free. You're you're buying the land for free, but you're paying for the title. Exactly. Yeah. So once you claim a load, very, you can just section off in a private agreement yeah, and say you that's can. yours. Yeah, yeah. Give me you some can cash. Get, cash. Well, you get you get your surveyor in, of course. Yeah. You get your surveyor in, Draw and then, and then you. you, I mean, we'll still use Lynn's as far as I can make out. Yeah. There's no reason not to use... See, because down in New Freeland, when, when we have the um, inhabitants start settling there, mm. what we're going to be doing is, as you know, we're going to create a record of claims book. Yeah. So whoever stakes out a piece of land, mm. that will be um, entered into the record of claims book as being theirs. Mm. Allowed your title until they die or they abandon or, it. Or they, or they pass give it, it on. give it to somebody else. Correct. So that's good. I think that's about all the questions that okay. I had. Did you want to talk a little bit about um, how they might also save a bit more money on the PAYE? Do we want to talk Actually, about we'll do that when we come back. Okay. What we'll do is take a bit of a rest. Okay. Because you're looking a little jaded there, Liz. Actually, oh, I am. I know. It's hard work. I am. <laughs> I, need a, I need some V. <laughs> that's Frucor makes V. I drink V a lot. Sponsorship, just saying. Still got none. You're listening to Counterspin with your host, Calvin Alp. Right, we've just given them a rates-free existence. Yep. That was always there. Just no one bothered to do it. Except the intelligent ones. Maori are quite intelligent in this case. Um, we should have learned from them. Uh, so how about we help them have an income tax-free holiday yeah. as well? well? Not holiday, <laughs> existence. Existence. Okay. So, so, how, so how, how can you cease paying income tax from your wages? Let's okay. face it, people work their guts out now just so they can afford to be broke. Mm. They've got so many expenses, life's just overtaking them. Mm. Even this um, well, uh, minimum wage increase yeah. is a, it's a total farce. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to destroy a lot of businesses. It'll destroy businesses, it'll drive, it'll <clears> drive <throat> uh, product up, so they're not going to be any better off. No. What they need to do is they ha- need to have more in their hand. More in hand. Exactly. People don't understand economies are built bottom-up, not top-down. So the more purchasing power you have, the more you're going to spend. Cottage industries build up off the side of main businesses, deliveries, all that. Mm. So how can we ensure so they don't get in trouble, just like everything else, like I said, it's a free open invitation to the Crown solicitors or anyone who wants to come and try and debate us and uh, prove us wrong, we're more than willing. But I bet we hear crickets from you all. Well, the, the, the present is called uh, the Wages Protection Act 1983. It's got a, an interesting history. It, it comes from a long time ago. The, ba- the principles behind it are to keep wages in the hands of the working person. Honest days man, honest days labour. Uh, yeah, that's right. And it's a biblical, um, it's a biblical maxim. Yep. You know? A worker is worth his wage. Exactly. So, um, <clears throat> it's... Um, there are sections uh, four, five, and six of that act, 
are the ones that will be on the screen that people yeah. need to refer to. Yes, they but, matter. Yeah, but basically they're very exciting as far as uh, as um, parts of law are concerned because they're basically telling you that um, a, an employer must give you your wages intact. In full. In full. Okay? Free of deductions. Free of deductions. That means any deduction. Including right? income tax. Including P-A-Y-E. Okay. So there are other de- deductions. Um, there are things like the ACC. You can choose to tell them to stop the ACC with um, deductions. Correct. There are, and get your own uh, private insurance because that's all ACC is, is the state insurer. And they try to rip you off at every turn? Yes. And when you try and challenge them, they use your um, what you've paid in to pay their lawyers to argue to attack you. Yeah. yeah, it's like the state does it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can you can you can withdraw. You can say don't pay into ACC. Don't take PAYE. Um, there are some things that you might want to leave in. For example, you might want to leave your KiwiSaver in, make some savings. Um, you might want to say to them, keep taking my holiday payout because I want to have a buffer if suddenly the work stops. Right. I always think that to leave holiday pay is in is good. That's about six percent, I think. Yeah. But basically, you're looking at rather than twenty percent, which is the minimum that you'll be taxed nicely. You're looking at, I don't know. Ten percent? No, it wouldn't even be ten percent. Would be a lot less than what you pay anyway. Oh hell yes. Um, student student loan um deductions, they can when they, you can take those out. Yeah, tell None them to stop those. Stop those. Because that's just silly nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So no deductions from uh, of any of that kind. Right? Um, and then um, there is, a. if you look at the Act, if you look at those sections, you will see that you have to do this in writing. Now, it's an easy, pretty, it's a pretty easy thing. Yeah, because to tell you, I would get yeah. heaps of messages yeah. saying, but how do we do that? Yeah, well, they just quote that Act. They quote... Under section blah, blah, blah of the Act, probably section five, I think it is. Yep. Um, please desist from taking deductions from my wages. The employer under the Act is given two weeks to comply. They don't comply after two weeks. You can complain to the Labor Department because they are, they are the people who police it. But quite frankly, Kelvin, I think that employers will applaud this. It saves them a whole lot of time. Um, and they're able to pay workers a decent wage now. And in actual fact, they can grow their businesses this way. So, exactly. And, and because workers won't feel yeah, like slaves. They, they won't. They'll, they will appreciate their employers. Yep. They could even, if, if, an, if a business is having trouble, which they are at this time of, um, you know, after we've had all this. Thanks to Jacinda and the CCP backed government. Yeah. The election was rigged, by the way. Exactly. I just thought I'd add that again. Yeah. Um, you know, they might make a they might make a um, talk to their employer and say, "Listen, you know, I'm willing to ta- even take a little deduction." Yeah. Because you know, I've got a windfall. I want to see this business keep going. It's no use beating the employer if it means the job's gone. That's right, and and, and this is what we're trying to say. We are here to kill the system. The system must die. The country must live on. 
Yeah, so that's that's pretty much all there is to that. Um, you know, because see, under the um, under the Income Tax Act 1994, mm. it states that the payment of tax is one of voluntary compliance. Now, a lot of people get this misunderstood. What the government does, as it's doing with this no jab, no job thing, which we'll address just in a moment, is put the onus on the employers. Like when you went to get a job, what was one of the first things they told you? You need an IRD number. The fact that you then get an IRD number in order to work, you voluntarily become a taxpayer, and that's how they crush you. So what we're saying is if you can voluntarily get a tax number, you can voluntarily give it up. And just tell the employer under the, like I said, Employment uh, Wages Protection Act, cease and desist from taking any of that from now on. Um, just a moment, I can't see that. <laughs> just hand it to me. So what about 5A where it says unreasonable deductions? Unreasonable yep. deductions. An employer must not make a deduction under Section 5 from wages payable to the worker if the deduction is unreasonable. People might argue that taxes are reasonable. Oh, I no, see. yeah, no, no. The, the, the income tax isn't reasonable because it's a fraud anyway. No, no. But, but no, that that probably refers. To it's if you've had an advance on your wages, yeah, yep, yeah. and you and you're paying it back. That's that's worthy of a deduction because yeah. you've you've got yeah, that but advancement. It would be probably the rate of deduction. Yeah. For example, um, you know, I mean, let let the crown lawyers argue with me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we, we've been sitting here last couple of shows, Liz, since yeah. we started. We've been challenging them left, right and centre. Yeah. You hear anything? No. I can't hear anything either. Wake up, guys. We are waiting for these challenges. Tell us we're wrong. In fact, if we're wrong about, like, taking the former Abel Tasman National Park, now New Freeland, and telling the farmers, hey, you can take your land back with a load of your title and kick the, all these new bloody conservation laws to the curb, and all you people out there who are homeless... Go and get some land. There's conservation land there. There's uh, national parks there. Just don't take things that the public enjoy, like uh, Auckland Domain or something like that, because everyone enjoys that. Um, but, but there's land out there that you can take. Just don't take more than you need, just enough to sustain you, your family, and, and future growth. Otherwise, we're going to have to start going tribal again, start killing everyone by conquest. Mm. Listen, that's not a good idea. Well, they could take the caravan onto it. Yeah, a caravan. Yeah. Dig, dig, dig up the land first. You know, exactly. Yeah. Plant that yeah. crop and show future intended use, which is what exactly what we did. Now, we have a certain amount of time to go back. That We have, like I said, given the notice of uh, the termination of the waiver. It was signed already. Uh, that's to cease on the 24th of June, 2021. So, uh, Allen, you know this because you should have that by now. And that was signed by Amanda A. Obviously, didn't want to put the rest of her name. No. Shy. Shy. So, that's ours. We are going to inhabit it, and we're going to have a damn good time. We're going to build a nation. Right, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, let's get... Oh, yes, let's pivot now. Let's pivot here. And um, the no jab, no job. Right. People are yep. thinking, how the hell I'm going to lose my job, da, 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 mm. da. Mm. But you, being an employment law specialist as well, know exactly... How to, because let's face it, I'll, I'll, I'll even say it. Uh, my son's partner, who, who works at a rest home, they had the heavies basically telling everyone, if you don't get the jab, we're going to have to uh, terminate you or reassign you somewhere, and we won't be able to guarantee you hours. In other words, it's a threat of, you starve and you die, you don't know where your next meal's coming from if you don't. Put this experimental frog, you know, mm. soup in you, or whatever. And, uh, of course, on the advice of what you're about to show, 
they sent off the email. What a remarkable turnaround that was. All of a sudden, oh, no, 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 we're, we're actually still deciding on the policies around that. Well, the policy still ain't law anyway. So if you want to explain to people how that works, we'll even bring it up on the screen. Uh, I believe the first letter is what you send, or generic letter. It's a generic letter. To the employer. <clears throat> so when it comes up on the screen, people, and you play this back, feel free to freeze it, copy it down, put your details in, send it off. Mm. Lucy, this is all free advice. Yeah. You're, 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 you're a star, Liz. Yeah. You can, free. You can, you can change that letter however you want. Whatever your circumstances are. Uh, <clears throat> so my story, I've got a couple of cases going. Um, both of them um, are actually showing up really well. The, the employers are back right off. In one case, the guy's back at home being paid while they try and figure out what, what, what they're going to do. Gonna do. Full now, pay at home. <clears throat> Lovely. Now, this guy, and um, he's a, he works in the border, on the border, around the border. Um, and he, his employers obviously thought that the, um, what do they call it now? It's the um, co novel, co novel COVID-19 um, Scam. No, it's oh, sorry. It's, it's the just vaccination. Just it's the vaccination order. It's not really a vaccination, okay. though, so is it? When I saw order, it, it immediately raised raised my interest because orders um, are not made in the parliament. They um, tend to be either orders in council um, or orders that are made by the executive, which is the crown, basically. Yeah. Okay, so they're not debated. They put a section in that act called uh, is section eleven, yep. and under that they the Ministry of Health is allowed to um, make orders. So they've been made a series of orders, all sorts of orders. But this one here is the one that's uh, relevant to this case. So when I looked at the order, it became obvious pretty pretty straight away that it was specific to MIQ centres. Exclusively. Exclusively. And people who are sort of in the area, which would... How much in the peripheral, though? Yeah. Well, the, the employer was arguing that in actual fact, the, the vehicles that were being used in the company to take people from, I guess, to the airport or from their homes to, to these centres were part of these centres. That's arguable. Yep. However, the order says other people, other um, parts of the border are not affected. So in actual fact, it's a very small number. We're getting back to the Sue Gray situation. Which is how it's playing out in the court now. now There's two definitions, they're patient and limited we're number. We're not going to go to the court and start arguing with them. We put our foot down here yep. and let them come to us yep. and tell us we're wrong and show us where we're wrong. See this thing about taking everything to the courts, you just play in their in their ballpark then. Yep, their game. We have a ballpark too. We have the law on our side and they have to prove us wrong, not the other way around. That's right. Because if we attack them, the onus of proof is on us. Yep. If they attack us, the onus of proof is on them. Also, well, in in, in employment law it is. Employment law is rather special in that way. So if, an, if a, a, a worker complains under a 
personal grievance that they have had a disadvantage or they've been sacked unjustifiably. Yep. Either of those cases. Uh, the onus is on the employer not to, to say that, um, to prove actually, that that was not the case. Yeah. That is not the usual burden of proof. So, for example, we are innocent until proven guilty. In employment law, the employer is guilty until they can prove themselves innocent. So that's the great advantage of using employment law in any of these situations. I am not really so interested in going into court and arguing public law principles. Yep. I'm interested in using that onus of proof that the, to be on that the employer has to bear yeah. to get the workers to, to get the workers a victory. Yeah. Okay? Because with this no jab, no job, mm-hmm. right? In other words, because they said, oh, first, because you know how they changed the goalposts. They're just mm. so full of it. It's, it's laughable. And they're so crooked, they can't lie straight in bed. Jacinda. Mm. Um, you see how she just keeps changing things all the yeah, time? Well, she doesn't know any law. She's a... I know. She's, she's a, a PR consultant. She, yeah, that's right. And, and she knows how to spin stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, and, could, and, and, I mean, she, could, she and, could spin for Rumpelstiltskin. And her lawyer minions will tell her whatever she wants to hear. That's right. Because she's paying the bills. She is. Just like the media will push whatever well, she we're wants to say. The bills. She yeah. hasn't got any money. Just like the media will push whatever they whatever mm. she wants to say because she's paying their bills. Yep. Counterspin, however, we're not a pay to say platform. And nobody pays my bills. Yeah, because if if the no jab, no job. So if if they're gonna say to people, Oh look, you we you need to get a jab for this and you say mm. no and they say, oh, Well you can't work here, that's constructive dismissal, isn't it? They're creating well, the situation where you have yeah, no option you've got, you've got based on your health. You've got all of the spin coming out of the Employers' Federation, yeah. acting, and the unions actually, acting as if they're trying to help the worker and get, giving all of the spin about, oh, talk to your employer and he might be able to redeploy you somewhere else, but, it, and, you know, but your hours might be different. But no. No, that's, that's just a That's a disadvantage straight away. You go straight in there with... You are disadvantaging me. Yeah. And the, the point is that COVID-19 has never been proven to be a communicable disease. That's right. In fact, you know, it's never been isolated in any patient anywhere in the world. Yeah. In a lab only. Mm. And anything past 30 cycles or 35 cycles is mm. considered in the PT, PCR test non-reliable. So I when, mean, it's, when you're, when you're um, bringing in your, your PG, you're looking at a... Personal um, grievance? The disadva- yeah, the personal grievance. You're looking at a disadvantage that amounts to discrimination. That's right. Now, discrimination will come in under the Health and Safety Act and under... Um, could be religious th- belief. It could be Human Rights Act. You yeah. could even use the Human Rights Act. Even though that's subordinate legislation. You can go, instead of going to the, um, to the Employment Authority, you can go to the um, Human Rights Commission. But have them come at they you, love, eh? You know, they love complainants in the yeah. Human Rights Commission. Yeah, because yeah. we want them to come at us on your freeland and everything. Oh, there's a whole lot of other stuff too that I can tell people about. But yeah, that's that's you know we we we're, we're looking at the workers at the moment because yeah. that's my passion is is the workforce. I'm not you know other people who can't take flights overseas because the airlines are saying you know you've got to have a jab or this passport. We can overcome that as well. Yeah, but they're not first on my list. No. you know people. Who are the farmers who are providing our food? Yes. The people who've got to have a place to live. 
the workers who need to put food on the table, those are my priorities. Should we just take over the government? Should we just be the government? We'll save everyone. Well, Free. we're going to starve them of money, so they're going to come to Starve the beast. Are you getting what we were going here? What we want you to do, and it's going to take all of us. If we're going to be a united country and everyone talks about, you know, wants to do all this utopian stuff, it can happen. But it won't happen with this government. It won't happen with this system. That we have to kill. The country can live on without these cretins, I'm telling you now. So what I did in the second letter was they modified the dear employer letter. Yeah. Okay, and they did a great job. Then they go off um, to see the employer on Monday. And I would have gone with them, but I wasn't well. So I emailed um, the employer because they had, I told them, tell them to uh, CC me into everything. Yep. Don't, don't talk to them without Just not CCP so. you. <laughs> yeah, not that. Okay. So, that's damaging. so they did. So the employer emailed me and I emailed them back the second letter, which has got, I think it starts off with an explanation that in actual fact, because uh, they did, they did send a letter saying, recapping as lawyers, as, um, you know, these um, employment relations people do, the HR people. They just spin a whole lot of crap. They they recap everything so they, you know, when they're going to fight. Yeah. They have it all in there. And we warned you this and we said this and that. And we have our obligations to the Ministry of Health. So I'm thinking, Ministry of Health, yeah, they're public servants. They're not, law, they're not lawmakers. So I explained to the um, employer. The Ministry of Health is the is the principal policy advisor yeah. to the government. They are not making the law. So you, even though you might think that you've got obligations to them, that's your that's your choice. Yeah. You don't have to take any notice of what they say. Agreed. However, they do they do have this right to make this order under that act, right? So I addressed that in that last part, which says it's very specific. And it doesn't apply in this case to um, my client. So the other thing was that there were, I also addressed in that letter, the other, why, why um, the employer has to be afraid. I go on the, you know, I go. On I, the I offensive? On the offensive. And say, you're already, um, you know, you've already, Already reduced his hours, so you know you've you've um, you're in for a PG. Yeah, yeah, it's a disadvantage. Okay. Personal grievance against him. And them. and then um, I also say that because he's already said in his original letter that it's not proven that um, COVID is even a communicable disease. That's right. It amounts to a PG. You're listening to Counterspin with your host. Calvin Alp. I was um, listening to a co um, podcast from Utah, actually, just this afternoon, and there was a, a speaker from India on, and they were saying, he was saying, we, ne we had hardly any COVID cases in India, because one of, the, one of the things about India, of course, they're high users of hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Because of malaria. Quinine and that, yeah. Mm. And they had very few cases. And even though they had all these lockdowns, because, you know, it's all a it was trendy. scam. Yeah, it's a yeah. scam. It's trendy. And they were being told, you know, there's this and that. And, you know, in other countries, they're, they're dropping like flies. Yeah, you we've know. got to wrap it up in a minute. Yeah, so yeah. what you were going to say, because I'm a mind reader. Yeah. 
Been on my mind, Ria. You were going to say it's only when they started the rollout of the vaccine that the cases suddenly spiked. That's it. They're dying now, for sure. There you yep. go. This is the experimental They're killing syrup. them with the vaccine. Exactly. So, we'll just wrap it up. Now, let's have a quick recap before I end with my favourite song. Um, <laughs> we've just told you how to claim a load of your title on your land. How to go out and get a load of your title, claim a load of your title and land anything. Crown land, uh, Department of Conservation, National Parks. Take your area, blah, 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 blah. You know how to do it. Also, how to stop paying income tax. Kill. So, I was doing the wrong camera again. Got bad like that, Liz. Kill the beast, okay? Let the country survive. Kill the beast. Maori, European, Indian, Samoan, Tongan, it doesn't matter. We're all one people here. We can go together forward, but we have to kill the system. The system is killing all of us. It's driving us apart, and it's madness. Now, Maori, you have a right to a load your title in the lands you had, absolutely. You deserve compensation, no worries at all. You can't claim all of it. That's just a complete hoax. But... I'll tell you something now. You weren't here first, and we're going to have a sh- couple of shows on that coming up because guess who got access to all the archives? And um, we can we will show you who in your um, circles sold you a bill of goods, lied through their teeth, and um, yeah, you're not going to want to miss that one. That's going to be explosive. <laughs>